Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Trick. I am your host, Matt Brady, joined once again by Funkmaster Adam. Adam, how are we doing today? Matt, I am absolutely great, man. I am especially excited for this episode. How, how are you doing, man? Man, I'm pumped. You know, uh, this has been easily uh, the most requested episode I've ever got. Uh, I did an episode many years ago, uh, PS1 Hidden Gems. Uh, uh, still to this day is the most successful piece of content I've ever, single piece of content I've ever created. And uh, yeah, you know, it's like it's it's time it's time to do it uh, again. We are doing PS One Hidden Gems Volume Two because uh, you remember back in the day the demo discs were called like Volume One. Volume oh two. So yeah, think, man. Yes, that's <laughs> do. So uh, Adam and I each have three games we're going to be talking about. Um, you know, the PlayStation One's library is so great, so vast. Uh, it, it's easy to kind of forget about games, you know, especially when they have long series uh, things like that. So. Um, Adam, I'm uh, normally I, I let you go first, but today I'm I'm just kind of excited here, and so I want I want to go first. By all means, uh, yeah. And um, I'm going to talk about Roscoe McQueen Firefighter Extreme. So this was a game I played back in the day. I remember renting it at like the local video game store back when you could still rent games. And um, yeah, you know it's it's really it's surprisingly good. And actually, I've I've been playing it uh, to get ready for this episode, and I'm actually really surprised at how well the visuals still hold up. Uh, I guess the easiest way to describe it is it's an action game. I don't know if I, it's not, I wouldn't say action adventure or like action platforming, uh, but it's an action game. And uh, you're basically you play Roscoe McQueen, uh, fighter fighter extreme, obviously, and um, it's like third person perspective. You have to stop the game's villain which is sylvester t square and you basically are in this enormous building it's like a high-rise building and you kind of have to work your way up the levels and you are you know you're putting out fires you've got an axe you're like destroying these robots um there's actually a lot of depth to this game uh you have like special axes which you can use to break down stronger doors you have to be careful about like shooting water at um electrical outlets there's certain areas which get covered in smog, so you have to go find a gas mask. You have to save people. Uh, the music in the game is uh, – it, it sounds like elevator music. It's kind of jazzy. <laughs> um, it's very kind of poppy. I, the cover art for this game is like so cartoony, like kid-looking that I never would have expected – uh, the game itself to be uh, like what it is. I thought I, it, it literally looks like a game for like you know a five year old. You know, it looks like it looks like one of those like uh, <laughs> what is it, like I don't know, I don't I don't, don't kind of reminds like a, me of uh, Scruff McGruff. Do you remember Scruff yeah, McGruff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, the game is actually it's 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 really good. I, I'm really surprised. Um, you know, having, having played the game, and it's a game that I was just when you play, you just you you want to keep going, and it does a really good job of. I think a lot of 
uh, plat or kind of like platforming games. Um, you know, you and I were, have been talking about Mario Odyssey, uh, and I think I think games that work really well in that kind of three D kind of platforming way teach you skills along the way so that way when you get to the next level you kind of know okay this is what i do this is how i beat a harder enemy this is how i do that and i think some of the best games uh that exist do that they 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 prepare you for the next challenge and that's definitely something this game does yeah it's like problem solving in a way mm -hmm. you know yeah like so there you go yeah and so uh there's like you know, you have these robots that are going around and, and there's like boxes and they're setting things on fire. You have to stop them with your axe. You can get like throwing axes later. And if they put something on fire, you have like a temperature gauge that will appear. And you have to you, if the temperature gauge is too high, you'll die. Um, if you run into fire, it hurts you. You have to find health packs along the way. You have to find more water. You kind of have like a water jet pack uh, thing as you're as you're running around uh, putting out these fires. You can get things like water bombs that'll put out the water. Uh, you know, and you have to be careful of certain types of fire, right? You know, like, as I mentioned earlier, electrical fires, don't shoot it with water. I think you find like a foam that you, uh, thing you can put it out or you, there's like a special water you can get. Um, the levels are, are, are long enough to where you don't really feel like you're getting bored, but like just long enough to where you're like, okay, I'm kind of done. Um, but yeah, have you ever, did you ever play this? This was one of those games that, um, as a kid, if I went to uh, Blockbuster, which was like once a week, all, all right. the time, I, I it was one of those games I'd always see uh, to rent. I always I would pass it up, and I would go to uh, stores again, see it on the shelf. I would pass it up. Don't really know uh, why I passed it up, but as I um, as I got older, it, it, not even just this game. I realized even outside of the country, um, there were other firefighter games that were kind of popular actually and mm -hmm. i didn't realize that this was kind of yeah. like a, a thing a like genre there's, there's, yeah yeah there's hmm. like a series called firefighter i think yeah I actually think was... yeah, the, yeah the, the one for the super nintendo i think it's the one you're talking about was actually it wasn't released in america but it's a really good game a it's kind of like a, lot of, a, a shooter but you're spraying water and like you're trying to save mm -hmm. like an amusement park see like i was wondering i was I, i'm thinking to myself like i i always wondered like if this kind of like took inspiration from that uh maybe mm -hmm. But with yeah, the way you described yeah, it, it's way more in-depth than I ever ex uh, expected. So mm -hmm. this will probably be one that I will probably have to pick up uh, some time to, to play just to see what it's it's all about. Because it certainly sounds like there is a lot more uh, strategy to it with, you know, just everything you laid out on the table for us just now. Yeah, absolutely. The only – really the only downside I would give this game is um, it kind of suffers from the same things that a lot of uh, – action platformers can suffer from sometimes um you know and one of the most pot one of the you know arguably the greatest video game ever made legend of zelda ocarina of time uh you know you have navi right hey listen hey listen your kind of robot companion is super annoying in this game uh... like ev every time you pick up a health item it's like good job roscoe you know or like or he's like let's go whatever the oh robot whatever, whatever the robot's <laughs> name is it's like and it, it happens so often that it just gets it, it gets it gets a little annoying but that's that's really about it um the level's you know, aren't it's not an overtly hard game, but again, you know the the I I actually think it would be kind of difficult for the audience. It, it seems like they're going for on the cover, you know, because 
this is still the 90s, right, when this came out. So you still have parents not really understanding video games and you have, you know, games like Mortal Kombat coming at, you know, which had been out a couple of years ago and it's bloody and violent. So this is clearly like an E rated E for everyone game, you know, right? So it, clearly this it's probably target audience was the younger crowd. I feel like right. it'd be kind of a hard game for them, like, you know. Because you know, I, I would yeah. imagine that, like, I would imagine they'd be buying more things like Spyro the Dragon, right? Uh, but this game is, like, way harder than Spyro the Dragon. Yeah, like, and, and Spyro 2 even had its challenging moments, but that that's a game I always um, go back to and revisit because it's mm-hmm. one of my favorites of all time. But, you know, looking at it in a retrospective now, it's like Spyro the Dragon is a relatively uh, e- easy yeah, game. Yeah. You know, I I think the same thing about uh, Crash Bandicoot 3. Like, if people mm-hmm. think Crash Bandicoot 3 is a hard game, you haven't played Crash Bandicoot 1. That's yeah. a hard game. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, a lot so. of those games, I think, stand that test of time of their um, difficulty, I think, for the most part. So. Yeah, and 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 like I said, I kind of was talking about earlier about the visuals. Like, still looking at it now, I'm like, this game still actually looks pretty good. You know, the PlayStation One and the N64, um, and the, there's even PS2 games and stuff. As you know, as we progress throughout time, you know, the 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 older generations start to not look as good. Um, but I'm actually, this game uses a lot of color, and uh, I think it still looks pretty decent for for what it is and when it came out. So. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know what like the eBay price of this would be. Um, I can try. Let's to look it up. up. Let's actually, yeah. Yeah, I can. Here. I can pull that up right now. Um, my guess is you'd have to be able to find this relatively cheap. I, I I'll can't, be surprised I, if it's more than ten dollars. Well, you never know. As as especially as we get into like game hunting and stuff, it always seems to get um, three dollars ninety seven cents. Perfect. Yeah, six, it's worth that. Six dollars eighty nine. Oh man, it's like um, it's, it's kind of like looking at Scruff McGruff meets um like Tonka or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. So, yeah. Anyway, that's Roscoe McQueen Firefighter Extreme. It's definitely a hidden gem for the PS One. So be sure to check that out. So, uh, Adam, I will toss it back to you. Oh man, before I even get started here, I gotta say, guys, like I'm like in love with the PlayStation, the first PlayStation. Like I'm having I've had like a twenty plus year love affair with the PlayStation if I could get a little steamy for a second. Mm-hmm. But uh it's, yeah. it's it's my favorite system. It's my number one favorite system of all time, yeah. actually. I have the best memories on it. And they're just there's so many games on it that I've played, but just like when you think you've played so many it's had such a big library. It's like there's so much out there that I didn't even realize was mm-hmm. out there after all this. Yeah, the, the PS1 startup sound to me is still like, you know, music to my ears. So. It's like I'm traversing into a new galaxy. It's like you're going through like your, um, your, um, friggin', uh, oh my God, um, your hyperspeed. And then just finally, like, at the end of it all, it just opens up to the galaxy when the PlayStation logo just comes up with that other sound that I'm just like, mm-hmm. there it is. There it is. It's like yeah. Interstellar or something for me. Right, right. <laughs> All right, so so here we go now. Um, this my first game I'm going to talk about. I'm holding it in my hand right now. Ninja Shadow of Darkness. This was a game made from um, Eidos Interactive and Core Design. Mm-hmm. And for those of you um, that don't know, if anyone, if any uh, younger listeners are listening, Eidos and core design 
were the masterminds behind the original Tomb Raider trilogy. Yes. The original yeah. three Tomb Raiders, other classic games. Like, they put out the second Legacy of Kane game, Soul Reaver, which was mm-hmm. absolutely great, or Fighting Force. Uh, Urban yeah, Chaos. Yeah, Fighting Force. Fighting Urban Force Chaos, is a great game. Yeah, it's a great beat-em-up. Uh, Urban Chaos didn't get as much good reception as those games, but that was another one I remember uh, coming out. It's I When... When Ninja came out, Eidos was in its heyday, uh, basically. But uh, with with that said, we got so basically Ninja Shadow of Darkness. It is a beat 'em up. It's an action beat 'em up game. It was released in September of uh, 1998. You play as a Japanese ninja named uh, Kurosawa, and um, basically, uh, it's like ancient. It's it's a new spin on ancient Japan. There's demons and other stuff like that. But basically, uh, uh, there are two warlords that were uh, at war for a while, and then there was like this kind of unsettling kind of peace. And one of the warlords, uh, Katasaki, trades his soul to a demon lord called um, Batanaka. And in exchange of his soul, Batanaka gives him an uh, army of demons to add to his already existing army and basically they just go out and annihilate most of Japan and Kurosawa who was on a journey of his own comes back to find this turmoil and now he has to go and stop um, Katsaki's army and the legion of demon hordes that are just plaguing uh, the land Uh, one of the strong suits of this game is uh, first of all I gotta say the gameplay has um aged pretty well it's pretty uh fluid Mm -hmm. uh with the way you move around and and jump there are some uh platforming elements to it but not enough i would say that you know would add that platforming genre to it primarily it's still a a beat-em-up but the hit detection in this game is like second to none it's absolutely Mm -hmm. amazing like i think about some of those old games the the camera angle too is is a big benefit because it it's not like it's not a directly behind them camera angle yeah Uh, and it's not it's like it's like almost isometric but like not really right and it's just you know you could you you could see 360 degrees around you basically at that angle and you could you it's just i just the hand-to-hand combat is is pretty stellar it's pretty solid you can pick up Mm -hmm. weapons uh, you can pick up like you know like swords and uh, maces and axes and stuff like that. You can pick up uh, bombs to use. Um, you can get special spells to use as well as power up items. And there's like I think that's like over like eleven levels with the addition of some boss battles as well. And I I mean other than that I I mean it's like it's it's crazy how um, you would think. A game from Idios, and by by the time this game came out, uh, Tomb Raider two had already been out. I don't mm-hmm. think Tomb Raider uh, three was released yet. I'd have to look into that a bit more, but it kind of so. it kind of flew under the radar. To be honest, yeah. it, it was it was received very averagely, and because of th- this company's legacy at this time, this was a game that I thought people have heard about. And as I got older and would you know find myself in conversations about these classic games with people. And I bring this game up, people have no idea what I'm talking about. And I'm just kind of like, wow. You know, so not only was it averagely uh, received, it wasn't as well known as Eidos' other heavy hitters, basically. And not to mention the PS1 had, again, just so many freaking games on it. So that's, I guess that's why it was so possible for it to be overlooked. But I think, again, like when I think about games like this, those 
those older beat-em-ups, it's amazing for how primitive they are compared to games of, like, now. I think about that or something even older than that, like River City Ransom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, the hit detection is absolutely amazing. There, there are games now that have terrible, terrible hit detection because of bugs it's plagued with and, and, and everything, you know? But this was such a... For such a simple game compared to most n- now, it it was pretty uh, precise, I guess, is yeah. the the best way to put it. Yeah, well, I, so I just looked up when this game came out. As you said, September of uh, 1998, uh, li- September 30th of 1998. So September 3rd, Metal Gear Solid came out, and November 23rd... Uh, Ocarina of Time came out, so yeah, it did kind of come out. Uh, That's another you know, reason it could have flown under the radar. Then. Yeah, yeah, not not really the not really the ideal time to come out. Yeah, personally, um, it, this is actually a game I've never completed. I first played this game actually as well in 1998 on Demo Disc Volume Eight. You can right. play through. You go play through the whole first level. It allows you to go through the whole first level, which is kind of lengthy. Actually, the levels are pretty lengthy, so there's a lot of meat and potatoes. Uh, in this game, you could definitely put some uh, hours into it. Not like most games now, but it's definitely something that will um, take time. Boss battles are pretty cool. You fight all kinds of like different demons, like like giant minotaurs. There's a dragon and, and stuff like that. Um, but it is something I, I that's still on my list that I uh, need to complete. I've got the case in my hand. I'm gonna read off the back a, a little bit here yeah, because it's just it's just nothing like it at the time. So, for the creators of Tomb Raider and Fighting Force, bring you Ninja Shadow of Darkness. And again, that title isn't the greatest thing in the world. It's kind of like generic for the most part. But again, like look past that. That's probably another thing too. That title. Not to mention the length of that title was probably another thing for pe- people to look past it. A good title is like another key to like get you to like draw into mm-hmm. a game, you know? Um, so enter the mythical world of Kurosawa, the young ninja, as he fights his way through 11 levels of puzzles, baddies, and bosses with dozens of fighting moves, weapons, and magic spells in this third-person action game from Eidos Interactive. Dozens of fighting moves plus special magic attacks each more powerful than the next. More baddies and bosses than ever, including numerous dragons, demons, goblins, and a host of other monsters. Ten unique environments, including forests, beaches, mountains, and demon lairs, developed by Core Design, the creators of Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider 2, and Fighting Force. Ninja stands out of the pack. Incredible special effects. Official PlayStation Magazine. Another hit for Eidos. Ninja's graphical presentation is top-notch. PS Extreme. Ninja is something quite distinctive. EGM. I think that was Electronic Gaming Monthly. Yep. Yeah. Despite all these praises, did not get the traction it uh, was looking for. Yeah. But if you have the means to play it, I suggest pick it up, especially if you're into the beat-em-ups. It's, it's a good title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just, I just pulled up other things that came up around that, too. Um, Pokemon Yellow uh, in September of 1998. Um, and then you have you have Gex enter the Gecko. Medieval that was, came yeah. out around that time. Yeah, it's all so. making so much sense now. It's yeah. all making so yeah. much sense. So there uh, we go. What, another what, uh, what another game you're going to talk about uh, in a, in a bit came out uh, just a couple days uh, after in in October. But we'll we'll wait we'll wait to get to that. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, What's next, Matt? Well, eBay price. Uh, so eBay oh, price yeah, yeah, on this, yeah. if you're if you want to find it, you're if you're looking for like a disc only, you could probably get it for around, I'd say under fifteen dollars. 
Um, complete uh, some seal. There's a sealed copies for seventy four dollars. Of course, this is as of the time of we're recording this. I uh, don't know what, what those prices will be later down the road, but my guess is probably be roughly around the same. So if you're a collector, uh, which chances are, if you're listening to this, you you probably are. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I think that's a that's a very uh, great entry price. I'm seeing other things too, like twenty seven. I'm seeing twenty. Yeah, there's seventy four complete. I I got mine. All my PlayStation games are are complete in you know their jewel cases and everything with the manuals. Like that's just the way I I buy them. That's the, the way I um, need them. I found mine in the wild. Ten dollars. Hey, there you go. Complete. And it was uh, complete manual good, and everything. And I was just like, I was, I was just I just told myself it's now or never. Yeah. Because other people are going to be selling this for more, and I knew like these eBay prices were like more, so I uh, I just snagged it on a random night out one day. I was just like, because nice. I knew it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, I'll go next. Uh, so Adam, you and I both know uh, we've talked a lot about the Sega Genesis, and one of my favorite games on the Sega Genesis is Road Rash and the Road Rash series. So series. if you like the Road Rash series, you like that kind of you know. Um, on rails kind of racing game, I guess, you know, maybe something like cruising USA, but I think more of like road rash or even Skitchin, another Sega Genesis game uh, where you kind of have like some combat elements to it. A game I bought very early uh, in my, in my PlayStation life cycle was too extreme. Uh, this is the, the first game was ESPN extreme games. They later kind of dropped that portion of it and it became one extreme and then there's obviously a three extreme but but two extreme i i bought this not knowing it was actually the second game in a series i just thought it meant like oh it's too extreme man you know the 90s and <laughs> the 90s and all of the attitude that's what that's how i saw it and i was like oh okay cool and um you know it's one of those games where you just back in the day you don't really have the internet so i just saw it and i just bought it um but it is essentially like road rash, that kind of road rash racing style. You have, uh, you have um, rollerblading, you have snowboarding, you have BMX, and uh, you kind of uh, and uh, and snow uh, snowboarding and skateboarding. Excuse me. So that's essentially what it is. There's, I believe, twelve courses with different vehicles. You're kind of just uh, going through little like mini tournaments essentially but uh it's a lot of fun you kind of you can perform tricks as you kind of hit jumps and remember this is before like tony hawk right yeah yeah this is this is before tony hawk came out and made and totally changed that kind of extreme sports uh genre right so to me it's it's much more of that like road rash kind of race field because as you're as you're going down you can kind of hit people left and right there's obstacles you have to avoid like there'll be like hay bales or or you know and there's um little points you have to go through and then that helps your time in like in like the the standings right like when you think of like skiing that you know you got to go around like the cones and stuff like that um my, I, I don't know what the price on this is. I'll, I'll pull it up here on eBay. I would have to imagine it's dirt cheap. Uh, this is a game I actually I, I almost like took like I almost wanted to take back when I first bought it when I was a kid. I was like, yeah, <laughs> this isn't very good. And then I like was like, okay, because you know you're stuck with it. And then I played it a little bit more. I'm like, okay, I actually like this game. And then and to really like this game. Um, are you familiar Ooh, this with is- this game at all, Adam? This was one of those games again that like I saw. A lot. I remember seeing magazine ads for this um, very early. I think uh, in the PS1's life cycle, um, passed it up, 
I it was a game I forgot about actually mm-hmm. um, for a while until you brought it up to me brought once. Up, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, me personally, I think I'm glad I missed out on it. I'm sorry yeah. to say that, but um, I will say though, uh, the graphics were kind of interesting at the time. I think for like the players, it reminds me oddly enough kind of like a weird 3d motion capture of mm-hmm. like um right. of it, it, it kind of reminds me of how they did it for mortal Kombat trilogy right but yeah. like made it more uh 3d so i thought that's pretty innovative at the time so, mm-hmm. so that's 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 kind of cool but yeah. um when it comes down to those kinds of games like skateboarding and stuff, it it, it just really comes down. It's if, if it's not Tony Hawk, I'm not uh, playing it right. really. Yeah, but, it um, is, it, uh, racing is is definitely the focus on this game, and this game is also it's not long. It's it's not it's not long at all. There's only twelve courses, and even the races are not super long. Um, you really your only options are you can turn off fighting, like that's like that's that's pretty much it. It's it's not a game. I think that's any is like. I mean, I'm sure there is maybe like one person in the world who's like, this is my all time favorite game. Maybe it's something, you know, you have those kind of sentimental moments where they like played it with their friend or your brother or, or whatever. You can find it complete in box for four dollars and six cents on eBay currently. So uh, it's 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 not I think I think it's just more of a kind of um, like, oh, OK, like when you're just looking over over like the, the bigger library of of PlayStation games. Um, you know, it's it. We're talking hidden gems. We're not talking like the A list games here. So, uh, right. I'd 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 still recommend it for somebody to play it and check it out. You know, I th- I think I think even today it's still kind of fun. Especially again, I think more like Road Rash that that style. I I can definitely see that style totally. I totally yeah. see what you mean by that. I agree with that. It's funny. I I um ra- randomly uh went to my shelf with my PS one games on it. I pulled out. Uh, Warhawk. I wonder if anyone remembers Warhawk. And I'm looking because I I remembered. I was like, there's an ad for something like this in one of these manuals, yep. and here it is. It's one of the uh, sequels, I believe. I think it was ESPN Extreme Games. I oh, think okay. Was one of them, but it's here in well, like ES- my manual. ESPN Extreme Game. ESPN Extreme Games was the first game in the series. Oh, that's, that's the first that's, one. Okay, yeah, that's okay. that's the first one, and then it got it later got changed to like. To, to one extreme because I think they kind of like lost the ESPN license. So okay, all right. So it was followed. It was followed by by two extreme and three extreme. Three extreme is is much different. Um, it, I mean the gameplay is the same, but it uses a different engine and it's like bad. It's it's a bad game. It is it's I I bet you could buy it for a dollar and it's not even worth it. I would tell you to flat out <laughs> avoid it. So I feel like two extreme is like the the best of the series. Too extreme. I was. I, it, it's. It, yeah. I was kind of hoping there would be like a um, a long box for it, considering how old it it was. The first game I, might I, be. I a, the first game might be a long box because the probably nineteen ninety five. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of uh, green labels, uh, greatest hits here, for, mm-hmm. <laughs> which goes yeah. to show you, I, I think, how much how um, uh, loose they got with handing out that uh, that title. I'm sorry. I know this is on your list, but it's like. Man, they gave they they eventually gave that to every game. One extreme has great. one extreme has the greatest hits, but you also oh. have to think you also it's based on sales, so that's like early oh, early true, PlayStation true. life cycle. So you know, it's kind of all people had to go to at that time. Not yeah, because really. two I mean two extreme was released in um, November. Or like you're talking 1990. Well, yeah, 1996. So you oh know. wow, yeah. So that's way before Metal Gear Solid, Final Fantasy VIII. You know, like big the big 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 hitters. 
True. Yeah. yeah. So 97, 98, 99. Those, those are like the, the gold of the, of the PlayStation one. So, um, all right. Yeah. That's, I, you know, if you got four bucks lying around, you can, you see it at a swap meet and you just want to stick it on your shelf. It's, it, you know, it, it's worth popping in the PlayStation every now and then. Um, all right, Adam, I'm gonna toss it back to you. All right, I think this next game is uh, kind of an example of like, I, I just, there's so many different types of uh, games I I like, you know, like some people kind of tend to stick to like one genre or just like, or, or um, just certain franchises, but th- this game, some people could probably take a, a double uh, take at me, but this game does hold a special place uh, in my heart is actually I, I'll even say this was my first PlayStation game. This is the first okay. PlayStation game I ever uh, got, which was also released in September of 1998. Before I go say what the what the um the title is, it's funny because I don't normally this is like a licensed game, like this is based off a movie. Yeah, and I normally don't like those kinds of games, with the exception of a few, and this one is definitely in that exception. Uh, in the well, late it's, night, it's, it, it's not not so funny, but it's mostly because a lot of those games weren't good. Yeah, I, I just mean, I don't know what it was. Just some of them just did not uh, uh, cut it, and I don't right. know if this has anything to do with this being my first PlayStation game or not. But I've I've done a recent playthrough of this game. Okay, and I still and I and then that's that's why I was just like I gotta talk about this because this is a lot. I enjoyed it when I first got it, but it's better for me personally. It's better than I uh, remembered. And for those of you that are like around uh, mine and Matt's age, you know, late twenties or, or even early thirties for that matter, you'll remember in the late nineties a, a certain movie came out called Small Soldiers, and that's what mm-hmm. this game is. It's the Small Soldiers game uh, developed by DreamWorks Interactive and published by EA. I I loved this movie. I was big on that film as a kid and the toy line, which they milked the crap mm-hmm. out of. Like, there were so many small soldiers figures. And it's like, even right. if there wasn't, like, certain characters in the movie, they made up characters for uh, the toy line or just different versions of mm-hmm. the characters uh, in the movie for the toy line. They were put out by Hasbro. I, I loved it. When I got this game, I was I was stoked. Um, now here's the clever part I think about this game. It's not like your toy Gorgonites or toy uh, Commando Elite running around the house like fighting each other. No, no, no. Yeah, it's not like Army Man. Yeah, it's not like that, or like a Toy Story game or something like that. And I did not know that going into this. So take the aspect of the film Gorgonites versus the Commando Elite, but now you take that angle and you flip it as if it were real. The Gorgonites homeworld of Gorgon is real and the commandos have invaded to wipe them all out you play as archer the leader and you bring the fight to the home front basically you're defending gorgon and you fight through about uh 14 levels uh to get through the levels your goal is basically to complete every objective in order to progress to the next and the game utilizes it's it's heavy on action it's an action game but i would even go as far to say that this game is pretty heavy even on uh platforming and that mm-hmm. is yeah. i think what can make this game uh very difficult difficult because it's like the jumps are like they're far they're, it's it's super hard to like get the hang of and you're going over yeah lava yeah and... it look you, you have kind of really floaty jumps too yeah your, your character yeah, kind of has like a really floaty jumping mechanic 
and if you're if you're like hanging on something you have to it's one of those things where you have to uh you have to time it right mm-hmm. um really um fellow gorgonites in the film that show up in this that help aid you are punch it scratch it insaniac slamfist and ocula and basically they you su- you have to summon them and basically depending on what level you're going through there's there's item pickups that allow you uh, to summon them, and you could do it multiple times, and they're and they're perfect for taking on, like when you're going up against like tough commando enemies, like like when Chip Hazard shows up or or something mm-hmm. like that. Chip um, Hazard. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. and there there's the addition of new Gorgonites also added. Two of them. You have Nibble, a bat-like creature, and Stench, who's kind of like Scratch. It so picture like a head with just legs basically, but it's like it's like brown. It's like this weird-looking creature, and he kind of just like farts on people basically. Mm-hmm. So they were added um, uh, to the game. Uh, one interesting thing I want to uh, point out is um, in the movie, Archer is voiced by uh, Frank Langella. And uh, in this, he's voiced – in the game, he's voiced by someone called uh, uh, Greg uh, like uh, Berger or something like that. I'm not familiar. Uh, fun fact, though, uh, Frank Langella is from the same city as me. Uh, oh, Tommy cool. Lee Jones, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones also reprises his role though as major as Major Chip Hazard. Um, wow. There's also a cool over the shoulder uh, mechanic you can utilize to aim. Mm-hmm. I thought that was uh, pretty That's again innovative. innovative. I thought yeah. that helped. Yeah, it helps you make more precise um, shots. Um, you can clever get on level. turrets too. Like you can get on turrets. Yeah, really yeah. Cool. The turrets are great. Um, and there's there's mechs. You can mm-hmm. get mechs because. Again, like you have the, these added Gorgonites in, in the real world of Gorgon, and with the addition of that, you have commandos with these mechs that you can um, steal from them and use. And they have these bipod robots that also aid their soldiers too on the battlefield. So I thought that was kind of uh, clever, a nice little uh, spin on the, the franchise. And um, good level design. All in all, uh, great atmospheric music with like a lot of chanting and like symphonic mm-hmm. sounds. Not as uh, generic as you would expect a licensed uh, game uh, to be. I think the the gameplay is still uh, uh, pretty uh, pretty fluent for the most part. It has gr- great utilization of the analog control and the vibration mm-hmm. function. The I, engine, I, the engine it's built on too. Uh, as I'm, I'm looking at gameplay footage here. Because um, it's been a long time since I played the demo disc as well of of this, um, it runs pretty smooth. Like it runs, it runs really, it runs. There's really no smooth. frame rate issues or anything. No, with yeah. This. It's, even though, even though there could be a lot happening at some point, especially with like explosions and stuff from from turrets and everything. And the game has this kind of like I'm gonna call it uh, um, an into the unknown kind of feel, where it's like everything's kind of like shrouded in shadow. So as you progress through, the level like presents itself more to you. With like the further in you you get, I always thought that was um, pretty atmospheric as well for an action platformer. Uh, you have mm-hmm. two player mode, which is simply just uh, one player is Archer, one player is Chip, and you kind of just duke it out, kind of like in a yeah. Deathmatch kind of uh, style. My brothers and I used to use that a lot. It's just my, my favorite thing was just always wondering what Gorgonite friend you were going to get um, in each level. I love the uh, cover art. It's pretty um, pretty vibrant. You know, Archer and Chip kind of like uh, looking at uh, facing each other down. You got that classic small soldiers logo uh, coming down the middle. Again, I'm going to read off the the back of the case here uh, really quick. A bit shorter than uh, Ninja. 
Full-scale assault, Gorgonite versus Commando. It's non-stop, all-out 3D warfare. The Commando Elite have invaded Gorgon, and it's up to you to blast Chip Hazard's bad boys back to their home planet and beyond. So rally your allies and arm your weapons and let the battle begin. Features Archer vs. Chip in two-player mode, fierce combat and breakneck speed, 14 addictive 3D battle zones, 14 devastating weapons, featuring voice acting from Tommy Lee Jones as Major yeah. Chip Hazard. Rated T for teen. Hey, Such, I'm, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised that the movie didn't get a sequel. Right, you would think. I loved that movie. I as mean, a kid. it got it, it got bad. Rev- it got like the movie got bad reviews. Yeah, I could see. But it. I feel like with merchandising and other stuff, like it made the movie made seventy one million dollars on a budget of forty. But you got to think like in terms of the nineties, like it's still pretty good. Like I'm I'm just surprised. So it made almost twice what it costs. Like yeah, kind of missed, but it still made more than what it cost to make the movie, so that's still good. I remember there was they, they released a soundtrack for it too, so they had that. It's just um, you wouldn't think it. You wouldn't think mm-hmm. it. It's like it'd kind of be like, oh, Small Soldiers is probably a budget title. I wouldn't, I wouldn't per se call this a a budget title. I think a lot of thought would, like they they could have made it like an, an army man deal, but they didn't. They took their own yeah. unique um, spin on this and. And created a, a different atmosphere uh, along with it, but yeah, this is it might be a bit more well known amongst the two mm-hmm. that I like the other two that I have here. But again, that's because I think the advantage of it is the fact that it was it was a movie, right? You know, but um, but again, for 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 me, this is one of those exceptions that I make, like game based on a movie, and um, I enjoyed it. Small soldiers, yeah. if. Uh, Pick it up if you uh, if you're interested. Definitely. Yeah, you can find it for roughly you know like ten dollars on eBay. So, which is kind of around what I I got it back for as well. Yeah. All right. Hey. Okay. My last game. Um. This one, I'm sure somebody will blast me in the com- comments and say this is not a hidden gem. Um. And so I'm going to argue that this game is a hidden gem because it is buried in a series where it has uh, other games in it that are clearly like bigger and more definitive um and that is marvel superheroes obviously if you this is like i think the second game in what would become the capcom versus series so you start with x-men children of the atom you go to marvel superheroes then you go to x-men versus street fighter marvel superheroes versus street fighter uh marvel versus capcom marvel versus capcom 2 and so on and so forth i've always felt like this game you know the expression less is more adam oh i love that expression that's that's what I feel like this game is. Uh, clearly, as you progress through the series, Marvel vs. Capcom, you know, one and two. Obviously, Marvel vs. Capcom two, the, the roster is immense and insane. But I always felt like Marvel vs. Capcom two kind of lost a little bit of, you know, what makes it special. It's kind of the same way I sometimes feel about uh, Smash Brothers. Um, Derek from Classic Game Room and I did it did an episode on that, and we we talked about that where we said, you know, there's so many. Once you start adding so many characters, you kind of lose that that specialness. To I remember you guys talking about that. I listened to that yeah, to, yeah to 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 each to each one of them, and that's always how I kind of felt about Marvel Marvel superheroes is that you have you know just a handful of characters. They all have their own stage. They all have their own music. I'm also not really big on games that use the like multiple characters, the swapping. That's something I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love Marvel vs. Capcom 2. It's arguably, you know, one of the greatest fighting games ever made. Um, the same way I kind of feel about Dragon Ball Fighters, Fight, Fighter Z or whatever you want to call it. Um, 
I'm just not big on the swapping in and out. So I always just that's why I love Street Fighter. And so to me, this is oh, this is Street Fighter with Marvel characters. You get Blackheart, Captain America, the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, Juggernaut, Magneto, Psylocke, uh, Shumagorath, Spider-Man, Wolverine with unlockable um, Doctor Doom, Thanos and Anita from the uh, Darkstalkers series. Uh, every character has their own stage, their own music. It, they all have their own kind of unique feel. It, it's just it's it's a lovely game. Half the half the roster is X-Men, which they kind of just carried over from the X-Men Children of the Atom series. But it all works great. It loosely follows the Infinity Gauntlet storyline, which, you know, we're as the time of releasing this, you know, Avengers Infinity Gauntlet, uh, the movie, you know, the Infinity Endgame or Avengers Endgame coming out soon. It's it's that it's that story arc. Uh, they later released Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, which actually pulls a lot of the stuff you can do in this game. So every character has an Infinity Stone, right? If you're if you're familiar with the storyline, Thanos gets the Infinity Gauntlet, starts getting all the all the Infinity Stones, gets you know major power. Every stone has a different ability, and you can use those in the game. There's like the power gem makes your character stronger, the you know soul gem, the space gem. Um, but they certain characters they do even more special things on. So like for example, Spider-Man, if he uses the power gem, another Spider-Man will appear. Uh, some people use the space gem, and then like when you throw a punch, it'll send like an ice sickle spear, or like it'll shoot fire. Um, different kind of for every character. Uh, there's um, I'm trying to think uh, the soul gem, I think, is the recovery one. And that's the one like if Wolverine uses, he recovers his health super fast. Um, you know, the juggernaut can get like super armor where he's just invincible. Uh, and I just I love the I, I always go back to like Street Fighter three, Darkstalkers, uh, Marvel superheroes, Marvel's Capcom. I think that was when Capcom was at its absolute best with Sprite. We hadn't gotten to the age of like Street Fighter 4 where and like Marvel vs. Capcom 3 where they're all, you know, like, you know, they're no, they're no longer sprites. And these sprites are absolutely gorgeous. The soundtrack is amazing. It's that CPS, you know, 2 system. Um it's just it's a gorgeous soundtrack cuz you know when you get to Marvel vs. Capcom 2, you kind of they replaced uh, every kind of individual character's theme with like jazz music, which don't get me wrong, I love it. It's it's unique. I loved but it too. Yeah. I, I I I love it. I love it. But um, I've just always loved Marvel superheroes because you know every character feels unique. Sometimes when you have less, you have more. I agree totally. You know, you brought up um, Doc Starkers, which I remember, and of course, who doesn't know Street Fighter? But you know, me as a kid that. You know, I sucked at Marvel vs. Capcom and Marvel vs. Capcom 2, but I loved those games, though. Mm -hmm. And they're games I have fond memories of uh, playing with my friends because <laughs> we all sucked at it together. Yeah. But uh, but um, I did not know about Marvel superheroes. I, I'm going to be totally 100% mm -hmm. honest with you. So it, 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 it probably didn't know about it because of, again, Darkstalkers. Street Fighter and Marvel vs. Capcom down the line when it came out because I, I didn't I didn't really play a lot of Street Fighter. I played Street I had Street Fighter on uh, Game Boy for a, a short while that a friend let me right. uh, borrow at the time. But um, Marvel vs. Capcom I was again into even though I, I sucked at it. So I was paying attention more sort of that. So I, that's probably why I didn't even uh, notice uh, Marvel superheroes. When did Marvel superheroes uh, come out? Uh, Marvel Superheroes came out in 
1997. And I love sprite art in, mm-hmm. in, in games. It's 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 arguably uh, my favorite. I think it's timeless. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet there's people who don't even know that like there's an X Men vs Street Fighter game and a Marvel Superheroes vs Street Fighter game before Marvel vs Capcom. Probably, probably. Yeah. I'm trying to remember X Men uh, vs Street Fighter. To be honest, it's like I I want to say I remember it, but I, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, um, you know, you don't know if your memory is kind of just playing games on you just because like someone's just like mentioning it, you know. So I'm gonna have right. to like look into it to try to jog my memory but uh but yeah it's just i'm gonna have to go look at this now because yeah. again it's just it's one of it's a clear case of one of those things where it's just like i've played so many ps1 games and here you are talking about this and this is one where i'm kind of just like you think i would have known about something called marvel superheroes you yeah. know but but i but i don't because again mm-hmm. there were just so many games on this system yeah oh absolutely and that's and that's my that's my argument for for putting it on here um you know there's some other cool stuff too the stages will uh they don't necessarily ch- change um it's it's not like if you've ever played um you know in some of the mortal Kombat games and other and other fighting games you can kind of like knock somebody into something and it will kind of change the the stage um but the the stages do uh like they'll they'll change over the course of um of just playing right so like one of the stages uh wolverine stages you're on like a bridge and uh, the bridge like collapses after 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 the first round, and then uh, like the Hulk is you're fighting at like this like carousel, and like it speeds up, or, like the lights change, um, and like Juggernaut you're fighting on like a skyscraper, and Spider Man you're fighting in like an elevator, and some it'll like change from like day to night, uh, just just small little stuff like that that I've I always thought was was super super cool, um, and then. I love that like when you kill some or like when you when you use your if you use your finishing move to beat somebody, it'll say like, you know, like Berserker Barrage if you're using like uh, Wolverine or like, you know, Infinite Spider if you're using Spider-Man or Final Justice. Um, and th- that's some stuff that's carried over from X-Men uh, Children of the Atom and then, you know, progresses forward or like Magnetic Shockwave with Magneto. Um, and the the best way to play this game, uh, unfortunately, is in I think 2014. They released um, the Marvel versus it was like the Marvel versus Superhero Origins. It was on Xbox Live Arcade. I think PlayStation. Oh, I didn't know about this. PlayStation Ooh. as well. Um, you, it's since been taken from the from the uh, yeah, it was the yeah, the Origins port. Um, it's since been taken off the the store. Obviously, you know a lot of these games have to deal with licensing. Um, but it it follows that line of like the Street Fighter uh, three where you can. You can stretch the image if you want. You it the origins port was Marvel's Capcom one and this, and you can like stretch the image if you want. You can uh, play from like the perspective of an arcade cabinet. You can even choose like left and right. It's a lot of stuff they did with uh, some of their Street Fighter games, um, as well with these kind of like PlayStation Network, uh, Xbox Live ports. I fortunately have that version on my Xbox 360 still, so. Uh, you know, I have access to this, and it and it sucks that it's it's been taken down. But if you're fortunate enough to to have have played that version, that's definitely the definitive way to play. I still have um, Marvel vs. Capcom two mm-hmm. on my Xbox 360. Actually, yeah, I do. I I do as well. Yeah, 
I feel like singing now. It's that song. I want to take you for a ride. <laughs> Loved that yeah, it's song. It's great. Oh, it's it's great. Yeah, it's it's abs- it's absolutely it's absolutely great. Yeah, the soundtrack in Marvel superheroes uh, is top notch, and a lot of these themes get carried over, like Captain America's theme, um, Spider Man's and stuff and stuff like that. But yeah, do yourself a favor and, and go back and play this version, whether you know if you can find it. I think it also came out of the Saturn. Um, if you have access to the Origins port, or you uh, just find it out in out in the wild, or even through emulation, um, definitely, definitely a, a great. It's it's uh, a gem, uh, you know, pun pun intended. I think you were totally a hundred percent in the in the right here to put that as a hidden gems because naming those other games you named, it's so easy to see how this game could have gotten overshadowed basically mm-hmm. yeah so, it just it just, it's all it right just there. Gets, it gets it gets kind of buried buried in in the in the series um you know and and the most recent one marvel vs. capcom infinite draws so much uh from this game where you can use the infinity gems uh in, in battle so nice yeah nice. all right well adam uh, i'm gonna toss it back to you for our, our final game here okay my final game again one of the first playstation games i ever got which Fun fact, I had realized this when I was putting this list together. This game came out in October of 1998, which goes to tell you all the games I have here are from 1998. Um, It was, again, one of the first PlayStation games I received. I remember my aunt, uh, one of my aunts buying this for me. A lot of people know this, the the ones that do know this, because, again, as I got older, I realized... There aren't a lot of people that know about this game for some reason. But as Matt earlier was naming other games that came out around this time, it's easy now to understand as to why this uh, flew right. under uh, the radar. Not to mention this came out from uh, Activision, which mm-hmm. Activision is known for publishing many, many successful titles. So again, right. it's easy to see that it got how it got uh, buried. But the people that do know about this game simply call it the Bruce Willis game. I'm not talking about Die Hard or anything like that. No, this is simply called Apocalypse. I absolutely love this game. Like I said, it was released Mm -hmm. in October of 1998. It was actually released on Halloween of October 1998. How fitting uh, for this game. But as I said, you know, people called it the Bruce Willis game. You play as Bruce Willis. It is. And, um... Uh, Bruce Willis goes by the character name of Trey uh, Kincaid, and I'd like to think that for the most part, this game takes place in a dark uh, cyberpunk future, mm. uh, which kind of borrows aspects, I think, from the fifth element, right. I think. Right. You can definitely see it. A uh, mad scientist known as The Reverend foresees a coming apocalypse, and in his oncoming psychosis creates his own twisted forms of the four horsemen to ensure that the end of the world happens but as he sees fit death plague war and beast trey kincaid was a former colleague to the reverend but was locked up in jail because of him i don't think they discussed the exact uh Aspects as to why I think it's kind of kind of like briefly mentioned that it's just like, you know, Reverend saw things one way, Trey saw things the other, and the Reverend was just like, well, I think this guy should get arrested because of blah, blah, blah. And they do. Cause it's kind of like dystopian society as well. Kind of um, uh, a lot of the anarchy uh, in, in this um, built world. But uh, Trey busts out of jail to save the world. 
a lot of crude humor. Um, yeah. A lot of really great uh, one-liners and um, a lot of swears from Bruce Willis in this game. Kind of uh, one of my real first mature games next to uh, the Resident Evil uh, series. Uh, great assortment of weapons. You have start out with a regular assault rifle. You can pick up a pulse rifle, homing missiles, a flamethrower, particle beam, a rocket launcher, something they call a rip laser, which is this like awesome yellow uh, beam of like death, mm-hmm. basically. A grenade launcher. Uh, you get smart bombs, as they call them, as a secondary weapon. It's kind of like the shockwave you kind of like send out. And when you send it out, Bruce Willis goes, suck on this, which is kind of, again, an introduction to that crude humor that I've mentioned next to the swearing. Um cool soundtrack had a really cool soundtrack yet yeah, it's it's how I, uh i first heard system of a down mm-hmm. um because of this game a lot of other uh, kind of like obscure bands that um kind of i can't think off of the top of my head but there was one band um a singer actually uh, her name was poe in the 90s and she had a song called control and there's a remix of that song uh in this game i loved it uh really really cool um I, I want to point out before I get into other aspects of the game. There's a uh, there's a really really cool take on Pulp Fiction uh, in this game. You've seen Pulp Fiction, I'm guessing. Yes. Matt? Yeah. Okay. So there's the scene where Bruce uh, Willis comes back with the motorcycle and his um, girlfriend's all like, "Where'd you get that motorcycle?" And he goes, "It's not a motorcycle, baby. It's a chopper." <laughs> and um, in this, he come. It's right before one of the uh, boss battles, and there's um. I forget what her name was in the game, but she turns out to be the the horseman uh, plague, mm-hmm. and she um, Trey Bruce Willis comes riding up on a hover bike, and she goes, "Oh, so you're coming in on a chopper?" And he goes, "Not a chopper, baby. It's a hover bike." Mm-hmm. And I was just like, <laughs> "Yeah!" But like, I as a kid, I didn't make that connection, but as I got older, but later, yeah, and like watched Pulp Fiction for the first time, I was like, "Wait!" I was like, "Is that from the game or vice versa?" I was like, so I I, I learned that ultimately the game threw that in because of of the movie. So I thought that was a a cool a cool take. Um, this game is pretty heavy on platforming. Uh, again, it's pretty challenging. Uh, it's depth, really fast-paced. Depth perception is important too, by the way, and it's it's fast-paced, like you said, and arguably because you have so many things happening while you're jumping. You have people shooting at you, or you have pieces of the level coming down on you. So it's like gives you little time to think. So you gotta be mm-hmm. quick on your feet. You gotta. It's it's kind of like you just have to keep moving basically yeah. don't stop to think because that's ultimately what's gonna like screw you over um there's a boss battle at the end of each level with the addition of the boss battle levels where you fight each uh horseman of the apocalypse mm-hmm. death is like this giant does it skeleton go ahead does it play like a twin stick shooter i'm looking i'm, I'm looking at the footage uh like is that how you control it is it with both analog sticks it, it's like um like kind of like Smash TV. Uh, I don't. I, I I don't. From what I remember, I don't think so. I think it's kind of like you you're, you press forward to run forward. If you want to move um side to side, I think you have to like literally like hit um the left or right on like, the D pad. Or I think it's L one or R one. I think. Gotcha. I, okay. I, you I strafe. You just strafe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh. And, stra- and strafing is heavy in this game too. Yeah. Especially. Yeah, that's why I was wondering. If it, that's why it played like a like a, a um. Because there's no real 
cover mechanic. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to strafe to take cover behind just objects in the um, right. in the levels, which are um, also like subject it... to destruction. Mm-hmm. Plus, a lot of destructible environments in this game too. Um, but it, it it allows you to you know you have 360 degree turns, so you can look all around you uh, and stuff like that. Uh, Death is a giant like skeleton. Uh, you face off plague is sort of like this weird um, giant like laughing maniac ghoul kind of thing. War is kind of like this giant in uh, power armor. And Beast basically essentially looks like um, a typical uh, uh, demon uh, from hell. I Am I allowed to give like a spoiler? Yeah, go right ahead, man. Okay, Beast is the president of the United States. Uh, even better. <laughs> yeah. So that's so so the last level's the White House. Oh, and perfect. it's like it's like falling apart. And what's it's crazy too is like he reveals himself as Beast, and you have to chase him through the White House to get to him to have their final battle with him. And the Secret Service is still defending this guy. It's like, guys, the president is a demon from hell. Like, clearly you're shooting at the wrong guy. But it's it was um, it's a fun game. I mean, what yeah. what more I could say? Uh, the levels were really good. They were challenging again, and I think that comes with the. Uh, the platform, the combination of the platforming and the third-person shooter uh, aspect, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also, um, while it was published by Activision, it yeah. was developed by NeverSoft, later known mm-hmm. for its Tony Hawk Pro Skater fame. Actually, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I actually, I'm, I'm just pulling up some, uh, some notes here. I, I found online. It said that they uh, actually developed a, a like joke uh, kind of level or something they were working on of him on a skateboard. And that, they, that's true. That, yeah. that that later turned into the engine, the Tony Hawk uh, like engine. How crazy is that, right? That's a yeah. little uh, fun fact for y'all. So here we go. Apocalypse starring Bruce Willis. The end of the world is near. You're Bruce, mm-hmm. starring as Trey Kincaid, nanophysicist and sole defender of the world. I gotta tell you, with his attitude in this game, you wouldn't believe he is a nanophysicist. But it's up yeah. to you to defend the four to defeat the four horsemen before it's all happy trails to us all. It's raw action. Take control of Bruce Willis, one of the greatest action stars of all time, motion captured and cyber scanned for the most intense hardcore action ever. Killer cinematics unveil a doomsday plot. Destroy it all. Explore multi-level war factories, prisons, sewers, and more. Level everything to the ground in 360-degree battle anywhere environments that echo with explosive sound effects. Lock and load. Brave the the, 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 the small... The, the, the dismay of future 20 on-screen enemies. Good thing you can don multiple weapons at once, like rip lasers, flamethrowers, semi-automatics, and homing missiles. I mentioned that already. Let's see here. Game Pro. Apocalypse Reloaded to become a 3D action-adventure dream. Apocalypse could quite possibly be the best title we have played this year from GameFan.com. And yeah. to be honest, I don't really remember how well this game was uh, received. But again, it was one of those titles that kind of um, f- flew under the radar again, which mm-hmm. was kind of odd because it's like, again, like I would tell for the people that don't know it, I would bring up Bruce Willis and they, they would be like, oh, the Die Hard game. And I'm like, no, not Die Hard. Although like, that game is great. I never Die played Hard. the Die Hard game. Oh, Die I'll, Hard Trilogy. Oh, it's so good. Is, the Die Hard. Don't they all play differently, though? Yeah, I they're think. all totally different games. Yeah, yeah, Die Hard. I, yeah, Die Hard One is uh, like a kind of action arcade, like 
game. The second one is like a like a um, a light gun game, um, and the third one is like a racing game. I knew one of them was like a light gun game. Dark dark confession here. Dark confession. Yeah. I have to come clean. I've never watched Die Hard. Whoa! Oh yeah. man, I was gonna make a joke, being like, "Well, as ridiculous as the Die Hard movies get as they progress, like you know, uh, especially Live Free or Die Hard, um, this could easily be like Die Hard Six, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> right in the fu- in the very near future. It's like, yeah. But um, you know, the covers got like fire and an anarchy A with apocalypse written on it. You got the side of Bruce Willis's face. I, I mean, it holds up. Yeah. I think it holds up uh, pretty well. Again, cl- pretty clever uh, uh, level design. But I, I, again, I thought this was a um, a, a good candidate to uh, throw in there to yeah, uh, the hidden gems because there's a, there's a lot of people whose hidden gems videos that I've watched and nobody talks about. So, uh, I've probably seen it maybe like one time, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of just like, see, someone gets it. Someone yeah, gets well, it. Yeah, well, I played the demo disc and I, I, I liked it. I just, you know, you, I was a kid, so it's not like I could buy afford every game that I, I, I wanted. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely worth checking out. You can get it for factory sealed for thirty five dollars on eBay. Um, so that you know, there's there's that. Um, this was another game I found out in the wild for like again, like I think I found this one for like eight bucks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, that, 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 kinda, that's, when I was, that definitely sounds accurate. This was a game. This was a game I originally owned, just like Small Soldiers, and it was like when I was rebuilding my collection at first, my mm-hmm. priority was like let me get back everything I owned at first, and this was obviously one of those first titles. So it was just like a, a no brainer when I found it out there like that, and I was yeah. just like the, the jewel case was a bit scratched up, so I kind of just I I I have spare jewel cases. So I kind of just replaced it with something a bit more crisp. So yeah. it's like, there we go. But I mean, it plays well. You know, they clean the discs up at the sh- at the stores I go to. Um, yeah. Another cool aspect, something totally um, '90s. It had that thing where it's like, if you go into the options, you could watch like um, clips of the music videos of the songs that were um, in the in the game. Actually, oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, so that was cool. And there was a level. I think it's like the third level when you get into uh, the city, actually. And there's like a little like when you get to like the center of the town, there's like a big building, kind of like a Times Square kind of effect. And there's a big screen. And sometimes the videos will come up like there while you're playing the game. And it was kind of just like and, oh, you know, and awesome. it was always it was always randomized. Mm-hmm. So when you went through it, like you didn't know what one was going to, to come up. So it was, I think uh, that's carried cool. on in I want to I could be totally wrong. here. I'm just trying to think of it's been so long since I played Tony Hawk Pro Skater one. But I believe in Tony Hawk Pro Skater one, the the warehouse states like the first like tournament you play. There's a there's I that. And I, they, think, I think uh, they, school I think, level. Yeah, there's like there's like there's like screens. And I think they play like small little clips from the, the music videos, which makes sense if, you know, part of this engine and, and got carried over to Tony Hawk. Yeah, actually, that's a, that's a really good point to make because I remember in the the school level in Tony Hawk when you get to like the empty pools mm-hmm. that you could like do tricks in and everything. There was a screen. I remember a screen yeah, being yeah. there. So that yeah, that makes total sense. Then NeverSoft, that was it. Yep. Which they didn't last uh, very long though. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I don't think NeverSoft even made it to the PS2 era. Actually, oh, I don't know about sure. that. I think they did. I'm I'm actually quite certain they did. Well, I've been wrong before. <laughs> <laughs> Because because they definitely developed some yeah they went defunct in 2014 yeah they they worked on a lot of the Tony Hawk games oh, oh crap wow I didn't realize it went what, that here's, long wow here's what here's what killed them uh Guitar Hero Aerosmith Guitar Hero World Tour Guitar Hero Metallica Guitar Hero Five Band Hero Guitar Hero you know it's like this you know holy crap yeah no they they, they made they made the last Tony Hawk game they made was American Wasteland for the Xbox 360. 
I haven't played a Tony Hawk game after. No, four. I'm sorry. Uh, Tony Hawk Proving Ground, also for the Xbox 360, PS3, never, PlayStation. Never 2, even heard of it. And <laughs> it wasn't very good. So, as Project Eight wasn't all, was also not very good. Oh man. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's uh, that's the end of my list. My PS1 hidden gems. It was it was. God, there were so many other games I wanted to talk about, but yeah, uh, it's a, oh, uh, trust me, we'll we'll definitely be back. There's obviously honorable mentions. We'll have to do a volume three because I'm sure it will be requested uh, in the comments ooh. section. Um, there's you know so many games. Uh, Adam and I have also started doing you know like NES classics, SNES uh, kind of classics. Um, just and I'm sure we'll do Genesis and Game Boy and everything at some point. So let us know in the comments section what, you know, game system you want us to talk more about or or genre or whatever. Just let us know and we will do our dandiest uh, to get that going. So, uh, all right, we'll sign off here. Um, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening.